the Yak Babies. Sex, Presidents, and Sometimes Books. Welcome to Yak Babies, the only podcast on the internet sponsored by Tiny Little Pudding Cups, A Second of Yum. My name's Aaron, here their personal pal's brick. Zero cream of pudding? <laughs> yeah. And formerly old Irish, now new American Nico. Uh, hello. Hi. Personal pal Dave is currently in on assignment. He's out there hunting down Robin Hood to kill him. <laughs> Today's episode is about what are that we reading? Being on porn assignment or whatever. <laughs> it's time to check in what we're reading. It's been a while. I want to hear what my personal pals have on their reading stacks. It's been sort of focusing their attention. Um, I want to say up top, I had just been reading George Saunders, <laughs> which we'll talk about later on. I have really very little to share. I have a couple of things, but but not much. Uh, Brick, tell us what you've been reading lately. Well, also George Saunders, so we're going to save that. Yeah. A few other books that aren't novels. Hmm. They could be memoirs. They could be... Uh, treatises They're full of pictures oh okay so picture book. so first if you remember our comics clubs back in the day mm-hmm. we got through the first 20 issues of paper girls and then let it die in the vine <laughs> i was waiting for this big fancy hardcover collection of the nice. final 10 issues hmm. and i got it and i really liked it yeah pretty satisfying ending really yeah it does a good job of actually answering things and not just loading up on new questions until the very end Mm -hmm. without being too neat the last issue was done pretty well Hmm. sort of a blend of kind of like the fun spielbergery nostalgia with you know leaving just enough open Uh, and then as usual the color and art is just so so appealing yeah really nice book i'm glad i read it it kind of makes me want to go back and read read the first two-thirds again to I think it would benefit from a sit-down read the whole way through. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, I don't know, I think Vaughn's stories work better as collectives than as, as yeah. monthly serialized issues. Yeah. I still have the last four issues in a bag. I still want to touch them yeah. and finish them. Um, and these these hardcover 10-issue collections are very nice. Yeah, they're very handsome editions for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so happy with that. Recently, or, or soon to be a TV show, I think? Is that true? Yeah. I some think I like that, it but... For some streaming service. Eh, maybe. Maybe yeah. it'll be good. We'll yeah. see. Uh, anyway, so recommended, I don't know, I feel like we should probably do a comic club and finish it at some point. It's kind of weird to do two-thirds <laughs> and not the rest. We didn't finish We finished Shade. Die. Oh, we didn't finish Die. I think we, I think we finished Shade either, really. We finished Shade. Did we? Yeah. Oh, that's right. It became a different... Because it, it... It, we finished the run of the of that. The first one. Yeah. yeah. Right. What about Saga? Saga's uh-huh. coming back. Saga's yeah. coming back <laughs> oh, no. uh, in January, I think they said they're going to start the new Great. new run. We're all set with that. Wow. All right. Also in comics, mm-hmm. I have the first three oh, yeah. issues of a five-issue series called The Last Ronin, mm-hmm. which is written, uh, and, and some of the art is done by the two original writers of the Ninja Turtles comics. Kevin Eastman and Peter Kevin Laird. Eastman and Peter. The general plot, I guess it... So I read a lot of those IDW... Intros comics and they were very good. I didn't. Apparently, it went past a hundred. I think I. I think I read like seventy-five issues. The general, and I don't think I don't think the lead up to that necessarily happens in those in those issues. But the general arc here is that almost everyone is dead. Mm-hmm. So something happened where there was a big explosion, like the Shredder's grandson or whatever, basically uh, stabbed him in the back and killed everybody. Wow. So like April is like a amputee the only living ninja turtle is michelangelo and he's kind of insane because he's been so just fucked so like he hears his brother's voices in his heads or whatever and then so half the story is kind of learning how everyone died the other turtles and splinter and casey jones and all them and then the other half is sort of building up towards trying to take down the shredder's grandson Hmm. and it's very good 
like I said, it's a limited. There's only five issues, so I think the fourth one's probably out, but I'll wait till it comes in paper. Yeah. The art's good. It's pretty. Who's artist? I don't know. There's a list of five names here. You tell me. Oh, okay. So Kim Newsom does the layouts, and then the pencils are by Esau and Isaac Escorza, who I've never heard of before. It was good. So we yeah. were just talking about retellings, and it seems like comic books are always, always doing retellings. Yeah. Yes. Of those, like using the same kind of properties. It's oh, almost yeah. rarer, it seems like, to have a new a new property than just a, a new yeah. slant on it. This seems one. pretty clearly like it's the original guys trying to write their end. Right. And then Dark Knight Returns version of yeah. Ninja Turtles. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. It's it's really good. Obviously, I like the Ninja Turtles, but it's kind of it's kind of rough seeing them up dead. I'll be honest. That's yeah. a, little, <laughs> it's a little intense. Like in the comics, Donatello in those IW ones, Donatello almost died, and the Shredder died, and those were both right. pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Splinter kind of went a little dark, but this is a little different. It also handles the like post-apocalyptic stuff well. It's kind of this like Akira like, or maybe Ghost in the Shell like sort of cyberpunk mm. both gritty and hyper technological kind of future new york which is done pretty well like yeah. a, like a blade runnery kind of kind of city um, but then there's this whole kind of like underground like the people on the street level sort of live in a different life situation so it packs a lot into you know three issues and they're each i don't know sort of prestige size they're kind of yeah like, they're more than a normal issue length they're probably 40 something pages yeah the glossy covers this is kind of like the um, the old um when you would see nice. like the glossy cover it was like oh this is a this is a fancy comic this yeah is like... when i was looking for the other issues that aren't in in trade yet the there's a collection of all five that's coming out in the spring which is probably the way to read it but yeah anyway that's pretty good nice finally just up in the nerd level even more i have this book called virtual boy works i think i talked about the game boy ones a while ago yeah this book it comes with the red and blue glasses love it this dude, Jeremy Parrish, he has a podcast about old video games that okay. I like. He sort of exhaustively kind of chronicles game releases. So this has a write-up on every single Virtual Boy game that came out, which was not a lot because the thing died like four months after it but, was released. But I'm surprised by how thick it even is. I thought that there were like maybe two games for Virtual Boy. I didn't realize there were that many. I think there's like 30-something, plus there was more in Japan that weren't uh, there. Okay. So he takes pictures of like the boxes and the things and he writes a little essay about each game wow it's pretty i had a virtual boy there's still one down in the basement nice. it doesn't work it needs it needs some kind of electronics work that i don't know how to do because it won't turn on right. uh, someday we'll have a virtual boy <laughs> a virtual boy weekend it'll be fun i actually liked virtual boy I, the only game i had was tennis and it was fun um, yeah, but this I guy's played. books are they're well done they're fun to read i have the game boy ones especially because that's probably my favorite the game boy is probably my my favorite like video game system yeah so it, it's nice to kind of flip through those and you kind of instead of um they're just good coffee table kind of shelf shelf things and that yeah. one's fun it's got the it's got the glasses so the middle pages have some 3d pictures that you can put on the the red and blue like 80s style 3d glasses and see how a tolero boxer really looked there's a game called jack bros Yep. Well, name the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that is what I got. All right, Nico, what about you? So I finished, finally, Gravity's Rainbow. Nice. Brought that along as a trophy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a scalp that you <laughs> mounted on yeah. my wall. It was, I think when I last checked in, I was about to enter the third act and was hoping that it would come together. Instead, it kind of fractured even further hmm. and gets super postmodern at the end. There's like, there's a bunch of weird shit that happened. There's like a 10 page 
story about a sentient light bulb that is like working really hard and light bulb politics in in the country it's 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 really tough to hang on to, <laughs> to any kind of a meaning and then at the end they finally launched the rocket that the main guy has been chasing this whole time at the audience of the book so who the fuck knows <laughs> i feel like you would have to really like take a class on it or do something to, to understand more than the kind of the barest minimum which is kind of what i what i what i got out of it right but i also read catch 22 at the same time Thanks. which is which actually has a lot of similarities because they're both world war ii mm-hmm. um and catch 22 is like the opposite style like it's very clear it's very straightforward it's just it's just a book about i mean it's 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 also you know pretty satirical yeah but it's like absurdity that is yeah like narrative driven it's not like yeah. textual and, absurdity right and it's not absurd. It's not like, you know, the fabric of reality is right. breaking apart. It's right. like the army is being an asshole to everybody. Right. I think it is. It is. Catch Me Too was interesting because it's about a guy who doesn't, who wants to go home from World War II, doesn't want to fight anymore, is constantly saying, like, one of the, one of the more profound moments, I think, is when he says to one of his other, his, his friends there that our enemies are not the Germans. They're not the people that we're bombing. They're the people that are trying to kill us, including our superiors. Right. Who are also our enemies. Right. And, you know, his friend is like, no, you're you're not being patriotic, all this kind of stuff. And then he dies right. in, the next, in the next run. So I think that's interesting because we don't normally have a lot of stories from World War II of people who didn't want to fight. Because that's kind of a lionized war. Mm-hmm. We won the war, saved the world, all this shit. And then most of the stories of the of war sucking are Vietnam stories now. Right. But but that, I mean, uh, it's really good. And there's a Hulu adaptation that's pretty good. It's like yeah, six, I was gonna ask you if you yeah. watched that. Yeah. The George Clooney. Movie, yeah. Right. It's good. Yeah. yeah. George Clooney plays the the colonel who just likes to march people around. Right. And he's only in it for about ten minutes, but he's, oh, okay. he's pretty good. Yeah. Gotcha. And the the coach from Friday Night Lights is like the big antagonist, the asshole colonel. Oh, keeps really? Raising the the mission requirements for the right. for the squad. Colonel Corn. Cathcart. Cathcart. And then Cathcart right. is the main one, and then Corn is like his sidekick. Right. Yeah. And and then the other the only other book I read was After Parties. Hmm. You guys heard of this book? No. It's like the new literary MFA debut guy. Oh. But he died in oh. December last December of a drug overdose. Yeah. So he was like positioned to be the next the next guy. And this was like his seems like the stories he wrote in MFA, his like debut collection. Okay. He was a gay Cambodian like first first generation American. Like his parents came from Cambodia. Mm-hmm. And that's important because every single one of his main characters is a gay Cambodian first generation american so it kind of makes it feel like slices of a novel that never really came together hmm. because every one of them is named anthony which is the guy's name okay so it's it's just it feels extremely autobiographical but they don't really add up in it much what's the writer's name again anthony visna so okay. i think anthony so anyway and i i don't know if i'm pronouncing his middle name correctly gotcha it's a shame because i think he was he was working on a novel that was that might have been kind of more than just some random thoughts and right. scenes and more developed. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. 
The back of this edition of Catch-22 has this quote from Stephen King. To my mind, there have been two great American novels in the past 50 years. Catch-22 is one of them. What do you think is the other one he was referencing here? <laughs> Cujo. <laughs> I was going to say The Shining. <laughs> the Stand. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, probably like, you know. Kill Mockingbird. Yeah, or uh, what's the Holden Caulfield one? Uh, Catch in the Rye. Catch in the Rye, yeah. Yeah, maybe so. Not much for me. Like I said, I've mostly been reading A Swim in the Pond and the Rain, which we'll discuss in a later episode altogether. So we've all been reading it. A couple of comics things, though. I did finish the Tom King, Jorge Fornes Rorschach series. Liked it a lot. I thought it was a pretty satisfying read. It was always a risky proposition for Tom King to take on a limited series about Rorschach. Uh, adaptations of Watchmen are always dicey. And the conversation around who has the right to take on this property is is... I think an interesting conversation and worth having. But I feel like what Tom King did in that story is the best way to handle it. It was not really about Watchmen. It was about the experience of reading Watchmen. It was about how we talk about and think about comics and comics creators. It was really interesting. There was a lot of stuff I really enjoyed about it. I read reviews saying the conclusion was not satisfying and lots of people griping about it. And I really, I, I thought it was, uh, worked out quite well. So I'm wondering if maybe I was either miss something or if the other readers were looking for something different than I was getting from it. Overall, I really like that. Also, I've been reading, we haven't talked about X-Men in a while. I've been reading the X-Men books when they switched over, when Jonathan Hickman took over. I really enjoyed the new era of X-Men. It seems to be ending. I can't quite tell. I know that Hickman has left the main book and he's now writing, like, I think a concluding chapter of his run, I guess. It's hard to tell actually what's going on. I was kind of out of loop for a little bit, which is too bad because I really was enjoying what Hickman was doing. I know he's moving on to doing comics on Substack now, as a lot of other comic creators are, which is, I think, a huge bummer because I, I am totally disinterested in going to subscribe to individual comic writers' platforms. Wait, what is Substack? It's like Patreon for writing. Substack is like, uh, they've been recruiting... I mean, you can have, we can start with tomorrow if you want to. It's like a platform, but they've been recruiting mm. writers with established followings to join Substack. The first one I ever heard of was Matt Taibbi. He has one. He started writing a novel on Substack. No, sorry, not a novel, uh, a book about the the war on drugs uh, and like drug <laughs> economics, basically. I feel like he's written that book before. <laughs> yeah, he has. <laughs> You're the one by Eric Garner. Huh. So that's why I first heard about it. And then he has one where he just like, he posts his essay. He's, he left Rolling Stone and does like, his stuff through Substack exclusively okay. now. Does It seems like comic books would lend themselves to that kind of model. Like you pay three bucks a month and you get a new new comic book every month. I can see Substack getting super expensive. Yeah, that's the problem is it's like, it's so uh, maybe, I don't know. I just, I don't want to have to like, subscribe to every individual writer to get their works i just want to go to the comic book store and like have them all there i don't know i i, I also but, like but also get later. that doll ready and head on over to the well, <laughs> patreon that's true i know we are part of the system that we're deriding here well i mean like not to get on off on too much of a tangent but it does seem like that's it's it's the same monetarily and just not having the actual books is the tear for you or i guess partly it's that i don't want to have to change my habits uh, which is definitely <laughs> yeah. that's like the the underlying right. reason and that's, that's annoying but true but also it's i don't trust i guess the not that i trust the establishing system, system as it is but like i don't know that am i going to get the stuff from substack from these writers like it's just i don't know mm. it's weird i'm cranky about having to subscribe to all my podcasts and TV shows and movie streaming systems and now comics and individual subscriptions across the whole thing just because it seems annoying to have to do that. You but I see what you're saying, which is like, it's the same thing as going to the comic book store. Yeah. But I want to go to the comic book store. I don't have to, I don't want to read yeah. through my, my Kindle or my 
iPad. Anyway, so the new X-Men book by Jerry Duggan is pretty good. I'm enjoying it. He's writing it. He's a comic writer for a long time. Uh, he's also a, was a comedy writer, too. Like, he knows, like, Brian Postain and Pat Oswalt and that kind of crew. But he's good. And the artist, Pepe Larraz, he's so good. He was the, the breakout star of those Hickman books. Um, so I'm still enjoying his work for sure. And then there is a new issue of Blubber, and I do have it with me. I might We might do a special Patreon episode where I make the boys nope. read the new issue of Blubber. But um, still, Blubber's still, still out there. Tra- <laughs> still kind of traumatized from Blubber. Blubber is yeah. what now? Is that Blubber porn is, book? Was that? It's that gross porn book. Yeah, Gilbert Hernandez of the Hernandez Brothers, famous of Love and Rockets, comics legend, brilliant creator, artist, and writer. He also does these weird porno comics, and, <laughs> and Blubber is one of them. And it started off as this like weird, kind of like a fantastical zoo, where it was like little sort of short stories about weird creatures, uh, like sort of anthropological study of their lives. It was like, oh, this creature has this you know, weird function. But then they all started like growing weird dicks and fucking each other. <laughs> And they were like, there'd be weird joke strips about like these animals just like having weird sex. And, but then humans started getting involved too. And humans who have like giant dicks and giant breasts, it's, it got really weird. So, but it keeps showing up and whatever show I will buy every issue. Do an episode where we read Blubber and watch and play WarioWare (laughs) while taking cold medicine. They could, if they could make a (laughs) WarioWare of Blubber, I feel like that would really, I would play my brain. WarioWare is right there. It's just on the, it's on the precipice of being Blubber. It's so, it's such a perverted game. If, if you played WarioWare, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's weird. It's a weird it's like game. five second slices of a game. It's like, d- blow the dress off. Yeah. Like, what? Scare snake. It feels like you stumble onto like a sort of like underground, like dark web YouTube site and you're seeing clips of things that you can't control. It's awful. You just flail around. Like, yeah. Oh, you lost. What? <laughs> what happened? You failed to like take the wig off of a woman. Now she's bald or whatever, or, or, or put the wig back on. It's it's all yeah, it's madness. Yep. So yeah, look for look for a blubber episode coming on Patreon. Maybe we'll see if that happens or not. I don't know if I, if the boys will let me do it to them, mm-hmm. but I want to. Listeners, tell us what you're reading. What's on your your reading list these days? We're gonna hear it at Twitter and email us at yakbigspodcast at gmail the aforementioned Patreon is patreon.com slash yakbabies, where for $1 a month, yes, we are absolutely to subscribe, but it's only a dollar, and you get a hundred, tons of bonus stuff there, really fun episodes. We're talking about bros, revealing deep, dark secrets, telling funny stories, and the big sell this month is the Halloween candy bracket, the tournament of candy that we did last night. We also have the monster draft. Oh, don't hell yeah, the don't undersell draft. that. Absolutely. Two-parter. Monster draft happened recently. Results coming on Halloween. Yes, we have writing stories about our monster draft lists and then we had a bunch of candy last night and talked about it and had debates and man it's awesome it's gonna be a three-hour podcast Check also it out. this episode is probably coming out after halloween <laughs> <laughs> but you can still hear it yeah as you're like exercising your halloween candy experiences your feelings about halloween candy listen to us talk about it for a little bit and then of course our merch shop tinyurlcom slash jack where you can get access to our toy i thought we said toys we should have some toys yeah whatever they sell we'll put on there there's baby clothes done shirts we posters need a, we need a merch refresh mugs with all of our stuff on it all of the designs by brick they're really funny check them out there and then one last thing tell a friend about yak babies tell a coworker, someone who likes literature someone who likes halloween someone who reads blubber as well tell them about this podcast so we can grow the fan base from there until then yak babies yak it off the yak babies would like to thank all their loyal listeners and especially their patrons both past and present including michael bonnie sebastian david roger kathleen bailey andrew and william howard taft Yay.